Welcome to season 12 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Catherine, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Laura. Hi. And this season of the podcast, we're continuing the conversations of sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. And this week is Laura's to share what's been inspiring her. Hooray! Mm -hmm. Uh, First, though, let's do a quick circle back to last week. And so, Catherine, I know as you're now what, you were thinking about learner-to-learner interactions that you facilitate, maybe looking for some of those opportunities to use that plus one thinking as you're tweaking collaboration. So how's it going? And did you have the opportunity to put any of that into practice? Well, first, as we finished recording last week, we were chatting about our new website for this podcast. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Laura, for pointing out that the website was actually plus one thinking for accessing our podcast episodes. That's right. (laughs) I added different types of audio players in the website and we were debating which one to add and we landed on one where you can easily change the speed of how you listen Mm -hmm. to the podcast so there's an option and it may be easier to access the transcript of each of our episodes because the link is very clear for the transcript Mm -hmm. so that's another plus one strategy that we've used in just the last few weeks. I love that. And shout out that it's kind of meta because we talked about it on the podcast and now you're employing that doing things with the podcast. So awesome. Well, thank you for bringing that because I did not do well on my original now what goal. You know, some weeks are like that. (laughs) My original now what was to trick you into helping Mm -hmm. me with the learner to learner (laughs) interactions. But the session was postponed. So I don't get to share out those ideas yet. However, we're both planning for an upcoming webinar, Mm -hmm. and I know you've occasionally offered choice if people do not want to go to a breakout Mm -hmm, room, mm -hmm. so I think that will be my next move for Zoom meetings. So provide that choice in socialness, so that's still collaboration, Mm -hmm. but we could have people follow along just asynchronously in our Google Docs that Mm -hmm. we have for the learning, or they can jump in between the breakout rooms, Mm -hmm. or they can just stay in the main room. So thinking about ways to interact socially or work independently, work just through the Google Docs, that's what I'll try for the plus one thinking. And I know we kind of say stay in the main room if you want, but just being very intentional about calling that piece to, to the participants. Totally. I love that. Uh, And again, great application of that plus one thinking. So we will stay tuned and see how that goes. Okay. So before I share what has been inspiring me this week, I'd love to hear what's inspiring you in the form of a quick win. So what do you have for us this week, Catherine? Well, speaking of Zoom, this quick win is a tiny Zoom tweak. Mm. And I've recently noticed the practice of people copying and pasting larger blocks of text into the Zoom chat. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're doing Zoom webinars, we typically paste the URL or small phrases, Mm -hmm. but 
A few weeks ago, I was in a webinar, and this was the intro text from Kat Velos, who is an mm. author, and this is something I want to admire and acquire. So she had first a great use of emojis. She had the sparkle emojis, tips to help you settle in, and then she used the emojis for one, two, and three and had steps. It was add your name and add your pronouns and then use the chat liberally mm. and even talked main chat versus DM and then have a sheet of paper handy for you to take notes or capture ideas. Instead of just here's the link to the attendance sheet, mm -hmm. Just having those larger pieces of information, this is plus one thinking it as is. well. It so is. I, I was just going to say that. Because we probably have this information on the slide. Mm -hmm. We're probably saying it as people come in the webinar, but then having just that block of text yeah. in the chat as well. So what a small but handy tweak. I like right, it. Right, right. Well, and then even the the better tweak or maybe one additional idea that was a cool practice that she had was when we return from each breakout room, Kat gave us 30 seconds to one minute to reflect or journal, or she invited us to DM those in your breakout rooms to say thanks or get contact information. Oh, cool. It was so nice because after every breakout room, I sent a little message and we were working in groups of two or three. And then it would be like, Laura, I loved meeting you. Thanks for a mm. great idea about the podcast or whatever. And just a, a fantastic way to build community in a short amount of time and to get these little private messages. I think now that we can navigate Zoom and the chat mm -hmm. a little better, it was just a, a lovely community builder and connector. Oh, I love that. I truly just wrapped up facilitating a webinar right before hopping on this podcast mm -hmm. call and I really wish that I had done that uh, mm -hmm. that is an excellent practice that I am absolutely going to admire mm -hmm. and acquire mm -hmm. so shout out to Kat Velos for that fantastic facilitation of a webinar Ooh, love it good share good quick win yeah okay so as a reminder we're using a reflective protocol to guide our conversation for each episode's deep dive of learning, we're going to consider the what, so what, and now what as we share. So Laura, tell us what is inspiring you to learn this week? This week, my inspiration comes from Dr. Catlin Tucker and her recent ebook that she just published and shared called Understanding Teacher Engagement in Blended Learning Environments. Okay, that sounds exciting. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. let's pull up the timer and in 60 seconds or less, uh, Rebel, uh, <laughs> give, give us the gist. Tell us about understanding teacher engagement. Let's do it. Okay, so this resource is a free 36-page ebook that Catlin made available at the end of September and it is timely. It's a small but mighty text that tackles many issues that are currently plaguing education through the focus lens of teacher engagement. And the way that Catlin defines this engagement is it's a multidimensional motivational construct that reflects a teacher's choice to dedicate energy resources to their work. 
And sticking with our theme of numbered frameworks this season, (laughs) this book is organized into four sections, which are the four dimensions of teacher engagement. So I'll name them now and give you more detail later on. But these are cognitive engagement, emotional engagement, social engagement with students and social engagement with colleagues Mm. and i love that this text tackles these kind of looming issues of teacher retention classroom Mm. management mental health which are big and complicated topics but i Mm. think that catlin's framework to address these through the lens of teacher engagement really works and i almost made that timer but Mm -hmm. not quite so i'm I'm getting closer i'm working on it Oh, Laura, there were so many good phrases that I heard, and I cannot wait to hear more about this. So let's dive a little deeper and tell us more to answer so what about understanding teacher engagement is inspiring you to learn. So for me, this really is one of those at the right time kind of finds, I think both for my own learning journey Mm. and for the time of year. So I happened to catch the tweet from Catelyn announcing that she was dropping a new ebook. I noticed it was free. I (laughs) I downloaded it. I saw there was only 36 pages and I just found myself immediately drawn in. But I'm ultimately inspired by the fact that it tackles big and relevant issues that educators face and it brings ideas and solutions and the fact that she's framing it through something that we can actually control our own engagement is really interesting so one of the sentences in the introduction says when teacher engagement dips it has a negative effect on student engagement Mm. and then when teacher engagement is high it positively impacts both student engagement and academic achievement Mm. So using that lens, she just really talks a lot about setting realistic expectations for ourselves as educators, looking to find sustainable workflows. And I'll quote my favorite phrase, prioritizing the parts of this profession that are likely to yield higher levels of engagement and job satisfaction right? It's timely. Mm, Oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) So I I really like that this text spends time naming some of these real factors that teacher engagement can impact, like turnover and teachers leaving the profession and burnout, fatigue, lack of self-efficacy to do the job, as well as student engagement and that academic performance. And so uh, lastly, and inspirationally, it's really just an inviting text to interact with as well. So like it's very Mm -hmm. aesthetically pleasing. It uses things like color and minimal graphics really well. It includes several tables and charts and embedded reflection questions and has just good and easy to read bolded or numbered statements. And so honestly, I intended to kind of skim it or come back to it later after I downloaded, but I ended up just reading it all in one go because I found it nice to interact with as well as really beneficial content. So layers of inspiration from this text for me. Well, I saw your tweet and I've downloaded the book, but I have not read it. So now can we just pause so I can go yep, read? Yep. I'm already inspired. Every, everyone pause, download <laughs> this ebook, come back to us in a little bit. Yeah. Well, I am so intrigued by both of the layers you talked about for your own learning journey. And mm-hmm. we've had conversations about burnout. I'm hearing mm-hmm. echoes of that. Mm-hmm. And then also, how are we helping our teachers? I know you mentioned the four different dimensions mentions of teacher Mm -hmm. engagement Mm -hmm. and so can you give us a little more information about what those entail? 
Sure, absolutely. So what I'll do is I'll give you the gist of all four, and then I really want to chat in depth about one of the Mm -hmm. four, if that works. Mm -hmm. So here are the four dimensions of teacher engagement. The first is cognitive engagement, and this looks like the degree to which teachers are attentive to and invested in their work. The second is emotional engagement. That looks like teachers' feelings about the degree of dedication to and our emotional response to Mm. the work. Then we flip lenses or hone just a little bit differently for the third, which is social engagement with students. This looks like the way that teachers interact with students and how that affects their feelings of energy or exhaustions at work. So that one really kind of caught my eye. And then lastly, similarly, we've got social engagement with colleagues. So this is the way in which teachers' interactions with their colleagues affects those feelings of energy or exhaustion at work. And so the book is divided into these four sections and it breaks down the specifics of each dimension as it relates to teacher engagement. And then it names some related roadblocks or struggles that can occur when that type of engagement is depleted or really isn't being leveraged in the best way. And then Catlin provides a couple of related solutions or ideas to try out, usually with some templates to use as well. Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. And right? what a brilliant thinker she is to be able to categorize these pieces mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in these dimensions. So I want to hear about all of them, but I don't mm-hmm. know if we have time for that. So Fair. do you have a favorite one that you want to share more in depth? I do. <laughs> and honestly, uh, this really was kind of a struggle for me. And it is one of the shares that as I was prepping for the episode, my default thinking really was just, can I read this whole book? Uh, <laughs> but that's probably not great for anyone's <laughs> engagement levels. So uh, I think I want to spend time talking through the very first dimension, and that's cognitive engagement, which again, Catelyn says is the degree of attention to and investment in our work. And so she says that understanding what teachers find cognitively engaging in work can help us evaluate where we're investing time Mm. and energy resources. It can also help us to reflect on whether those tasks are energizing or draining. And then finally, we're encouraged to adjust our approach to workflows that we find mentally draining. And so I think this section really resonated with me because it talked about some of my favorite topics like big mind shifts and rethinking the way we've always done things or deeply reflecting on the work that we do and how we do it. But now, thanks to Catelyn, there's a research companion text that I can use as a tangible resource to share. Well, this is really reminding me about our conversations with burnout and Mm -hmm. also some of the things you've shared with the compassion and coaching, Mm -hmm. but it is really reminding me of job crafting. Where Mm -hmm. do we want to spend our time and energy and what is draining us? versus what is making us more enthusiastic about our work. Absolutely, absolutely. And what I love about that is that is somewhat something that's in our control. And so in a time where a lot of things feel out of our control and out of control, reframing and shifting to think about, okay, what is giving me the cognitive engagement versus the cognitive depletion that I need? Uh, And that goes hand in hand with that job crafting. So let me tell you a little bit more. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this section focuses on the cognitive engagement gain that typically comes from designing learning. Mm-hmm. And so Catelyn has everyone pause as we're reading and really think about Yeah, lots of us get mentally stimulated or cognitively challenged when we are designing learning. And this section of the book really spends a lot of time on the idea of the person that's doing the work is the person who's learning and really embracing the idea that teachers are architects of learning experiences. That is one of my favorite phrases of Catlin's and I that yes. was one of the first ones I started using when I started at Region 10. So yeah, architects of our learning experience. Yes, Love it's it. such a good one. And so yeah, I was gonna say, side note, you know, that that's not the first time that I've heard that phrase, and I likely have heard you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she goes through the various planning stages kind of step by step using the architect analogy. And the phrase that really stood out to me was the architect does not pick up up a hammer and build the structure they've designed. Mm. It's the contractors and the subcontractors who do the physical work of building. So similarly, the teacher doesn't need to be designing lessons that position themselves to do the work or that Mm. heavy cognitive lift in a lesson. Mm. And just that phrasing, I was like, oh yeah, what a beautiful analogy Mm -hmm. and way to say that. Of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of this thinking really culminates in making the case to shift from a teacher-centered whole group instruction model that really transfers information to learners to, of course, a student-centered facilitated learning design that has opportunity for small group instruction, embedded teacher conferencing, and feedback. But what I really (laughs) like is because as I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, have heard this. This makes sense. Love this. But what I really like is that she follows this up with kind of this reality check section that's titled, "Okay, what makes it challenging to invest time and energy into Mm -hmm. design work? Mm -hmm. So she talks very openly and really uh, about the finite resources that are time and energy and that the reality is if we dedicate the time and energy into this design work so that we're feeling cognitively engaged we need to also identify those tasks and responsibilities that consume our time and drain us of our energy Mm. Unsurprisingly, this focuses on grading. Uh, And and I really like that she puts it that, you know, grading is one of the most time consuming tasks that teachers are responsible for beyond the classroom. And most teachers spend hours of their evenings and weekends grading student work. It's exhausting and it robs them of the time they need to rest, recharge and prioritize self-care which ugh, I love mm-hmm. that sentence and I love that thinking. And so from there, Catlin has a flow chart to help to, to decide what to grade based on the purpose of the work. She talks in depth about using rubrics or small group conferences and student self-assessment. And so I just love that she kind of pitches this pie in the sky, rethinking things, brings it to reality of like, okay, but we only have so much time and energy, what's taking our time and energy, how can we reallocate that time so that we're feeling energized and cognitively stimulated instead of depleting and feeling uh, like we are being robbed of the time we need to recharge. Oh, Laura. Well, what this is making me think of, and I appreciate her reality check so mm-hmm. much because I remember one of the first times I shared a hyperdoc in a session 
And one of the teachers asked, how long did it take you to create mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. And I said, that was a lot, but it was so engaging. I love designing those mm -hmm. kinds of resources. And I told the teacher, and I think we both design our sessions like this, that now you all are doing the work during the session. I'm not leaving this time together so depleted with mm -hmm. my energy, but it was that front piece, the design mm -hmm. of the HyperDoc, but the recognition that, oh my gosh, it takes a long time. So the class time is used in other ways. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's what's going through my brain. So I'm glad that she addresses these challenges, but I so relate to the grading overload. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that mm -hmm. was <laughs> such a problem for, for me. Well, and something that I like, and I will talk more about this in a little bit, but she really does recognize the reality of the situation, but also kind of sets things up like, okay, but if we keep doing things the way we always have, teachers will continue leaving the profession and you'll continue to be depleted and burnt out. So let's look at where our time and energy are going. If these are not giving you lots Life. You can't necessarily do away with them entirely, but can you job a craft uh, and maybe reallocate your resources and time so that you are finding yourself more stimulated and more engaged in the work? Mm -hmm, for sure. So I'll close out the, the chatting about this section with the final sentences of this part of the book. So she says, every role in our lives, teacher, parent, friend, etc., demands time and energy resources. Some of the responsibilities associated with a given role are more energizing, while others are more draining. It's essential to understand what lights us up and energizes us, then proactively work to create more time and space for those activities in our lives may require that we rethink our current approach to our work to reimagine draining workflows that lead to feelings of exhaustion or burnout. Oh, Catelyn, where were you last year when <laughs> we were feeling I know, this? I know. Uh, uh, this is fantastic. Well, and again, I'll, I'll keep saying timely. Uh -huh. I think a lot of this is coming from last year and realizing, mm -hmm. okay, we've got a lot of big issues to tackle. How do we start to do it? And I think she has really laid a great foundation in this ebook. Well, and mentioning timely, I know this is where we have the dip of teachers' mm -hmm. feelings of like you said, efficacy and mm -hmm. exhaustion right now in October. the fall. That's right, right. Okay, so switching gears a little bit, I've mm -hmm. heard you mention small groups and stations, or it mm -hmm. sounds like stations, mm -hmm. but I remember the full title had something about blended learning. So how does blended learning factor into the text? Mm-hmm. Well, good memory and good question. So the full title of the book is Understanding Teacher Engagement in Blended Learning mm. Environments. And honestly, this is so well incorporated in my opinion. So for each section, Catlin walks through a traditional method of teaching or grading or interacting with students or colleagues and talks about how it isn't working or actively contributing to draining and depleting those time and energy resources and engagement. 
So she's able to showcase another way of doing things by presenting it as sanity saving or different and better way to use time and energy. Basically making the case that we need to rethink things if we want our work to be sustainable. And a lot of the setup she walks us through incorporate a blended model of learning design. So we're giving students opportunities to have choice and agency and small group interaction or feedback from peers, teachers one-on-one in a variety of settings. So I really like that the blended component is both integral but not obvious. So this is not like a listicle of here are 15 reasons why you should consider a blended learning approach. Instead, it's a lot more nuanced and I think impactful. So it names practices that just aren't working in today's climate then advocates for something different that happens to be blended. Oh, it sounds like the fantastic resource that we need. And I'm so glad that you're, I know. you found it and you're sharing it and excited for teachers to dig in. So is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, again, I would like to just read this book to you entirely. But uh, instead of doing that, uh, I do want to make mention that each of the four sections end in a page of uh, reflect and discuss questions, which honestly is a trend in books that I Mm -hmm. am really enjoying. Mm -hmm. Since this is an ebook, though, it's already set up for you to type or make notes directly in the provided boxes, which I also enjoy. It made it very convenient and easy to do so. And so So just to follow up on the section that I just talked about related to cognitive engagement, I thought that the questions she provided were excellent for consideration and reflection. So here are the things you're invited to consider. What aspects of your work do you find cognitively engaging and why do you enjoy these tasks? She asks, what barriers exist that make it challenging to invest your time and energy in aspects of your work that you find cognitively engaging? And how can you create more time to dedicate these cognitively engaging tasks? And I know that reflection and next steps have become a huge part of my practice Mm -hmm. personally, as well as facilitating learning journeys for others. So shout out to the so what (laughs) and now what aspects of our conversations here. But I just really like that these are embedded throughout and I found them to be really good and impactful questions as well. Well, I think even the coaching conversations that we're having with our administrators, mm. they need to pull those questions in. I would love to be asked that and have a yeah. conversation with an administrator, but you and all of your work with the coaches, I mean, what great conversation starters for the coaches. So yeah, I love this component that I've seen in so many books mm-hmm. with places to take notes and places to reflect. So fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, I just happened to catch the tweet, decided to download it, figured I would read it later, cut to me like an hour or so later, just consuming the whole thing. So um, beware if you download it, you might have to consume it immediately. Okay. Well, as soon as we finish this recording, you know what I'll be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So as you know, we want to use each episode as a place to launch further thinking, and we want to challenge each other to apply what we share as we consider now what. So now what? Laura, what are some next steps from here? How might you incorporate ideas from understanding teacher engagement into your work or further your learning? 
Well, first, just amplify and share this work with others. But more specifically, I'm thinking about pairing some of the individual dimensions of engagement with work that we've done on burnout as we mm-hmm. are approaching the October struggle time of mm-hmm. year. Um, I think this would be an excellent resource that's really easy to access and reference to take steps to support teacher engagement and energy in their work. And as you know, I do a lot of work with instructional coaches who really are the boots on the ground people who are working with teachers. And so I think sharing this resource with them Mm -hmm. could have a really beneficial impact as well. So um, I'm going to meet up with some instructional coaches next week, and I plan on incorporating and sharing some of these elements with them. So stay tuned for their reception and ideas that they come up with for sharing and implementing on their end. Oh, I love that. Fantastic. We'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning as well. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider, what ideas have you heard today that have sparked your interest and inspired further learning about understanding teacher engagement? You may also find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your own learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversation and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Reflect to consider the what, so what, and now what of your thinking. Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.